Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. You gotta understand something here. This music is the glue of the world. It holds it all together. Without this, life would be meaningless. so crazy about it's just music welcome to sound opinions i'm jim dirigatis the pop music critic at the chicago sun times and i'm greg codd i write about rock and roll for the chicago tribune tonight on the world's only rock and roll talk show summer songs Songs to put us in the mood for uh, the hottest season of the year. A little and, bit of seasonal joy. Yeah. Summer starts what? June 21st? Yeah, we better watch ourselves. I'm not sure we, we know our I think it's a couple of days away. Well. It's starting to get hot. It's We've... here as far as I'm concerned. It is here. Top-down weather. We are talking about songs that put you in the mood, whether it's going to the beach, driving around in your car with the top-down uh, a sultry evening, a, a beautiful sunset, a great sunrise, whatever the songs put you in the mood of the season. This if is going to be your ultimate mix CD there you for go. the summer months. There you go. They might say summer literally. They might just say summer metaphorically. We're going to dive in, and we've got some listeners who uh, have made great suggestions. We're going to hear from them as well. Plus, we've got a look at uh, an album that's topping the charts, a most unlikely chart-topping record uh, debuted this week, and uh, some old faithfuls, Sonic Youth. Grandpappies of the alternative <laughs> rock avant noise movement, the new album from them. But first, as always, we have some music news. Uh, the Dixie Chicks say they're not ready to make nice, and uh, neither are the fans returning the favor, apparently. Uh, major tour. In 2003, the Dixie Chicks were the number one country tour in the world with a $62 million gross on that tour. But their 2006 summer tour is not starting off nearly so auspiciously. Uh, they are selling or trying to sell tickets to 15,000-seat arenas and finding that there's demand for only about five or 6,000 seats per some of those big arenas. In some markets. In some markets. The public on sales for shows in Indianapolis, Oklahoma City, Memphis, and Houston have been pulled because of slow ticket sales. Uh, so the Dixie Chicks tour is not getting off to a great start, even though their album sold more than 500,000 copies in its first week, taking the long way. Greg, I think what you're seeing, though, is an absolute red state, blue state division. Mm -hmm. I feel like we ought to call somebody in from BEZ's news section here to talk about this, rather <laughs> than, than, than music, because, you know, look at the list of cities you rattled off. Indianapolis, Memphis, Houston, Oklahoma City. Those are all huge, major metropolitan cities in the red states. Right. The 
Republican states, the ones that have not voted Democratic in some time. And what you're seeing here is a political divide on the map in blue states. You know, Illinois, the tickets are selling just fine. There are certain markets where the Dixie Chicks are doing very well. And certainly a huge portion of the country, 526,000 albums in a week sold. Yeah. That's blockbuster. The idea that they've fallen it's off relative. the radar for some people. There's a huge part of the country is behind them. And another part of the country seems to be turning against them. It's, it's kind of sad, you know, that, that we've got the same divide in the pop music world that we've got in politics right now. And it's interesting that their, their statements, by comparison to some of the statements being made by rock musicians, relatively mild. But it seems that the, the price that they've been made to pay for that exponentially much larger than any of the rock artists have had to uh, pay because of their Well, it's true. And when you go back to the roots of country music, I mean, country was the forum for free speech in America. You could say anything. Yeah. You know, and when did this shift? It has, and the Dixie Chicks are feeling the upshot. Uh, we're going to be getting into the uh, joys of summer shortly here on Sound Opinions, but that is a song called Love Like Winter by AFI, whose seventh album, December Underground, just debuted on the top of the Billboard album charts last week. A couple hundred thousand sold. These guys are huge. You've never heard of them. That's okay. We'll tell you what you need to know. But uh, they like winter. Hate summer. <laughs> love the rain. Love the dark. Love the gloom. Love the gray. Hate the sun. That's all. That's basically the first thing you need to know about AFI. Another thing is that the album was released on six six oh six. Ooh, scary, portentous. <laughs> they uh, they were very psyched about this. They were more psyched than the Omen people. What they would like us to believe is that in fact uh, AFI is the band that Damien from the first Omen, you know, back with Lee Remick yes. and Gregory Peck. Yeah. That's the band he grew up and started, okay? <laughs> That's what we're supposed to think. Uh, another fact you need to know is that they love Eyeshadow more than almost anybody in the history of rock. Yes. Davey Havoc, who uh, would be the Damien of the group, is a tortured poet in the great goth tradition. But it, but it personally burns me when this band is described as goth because I, I have a certain amount of uh, fondness for the goth underground. And there's a lot of cool music being made uh, called dark wave or, or ether wave, ethereal music, uh, very gloomy, mysterious electronic sounds that, that are kind of uh, what, what the real goth kids listen to. These are goth posers. This is the hot topic crowd, you know, that goes to the shopping mall to buy goth, just like the Green Day wannabes yeah. go to, you know, to, to buy the gel to make a mohawk, you know, <laughs> when, when the real punks would never in a million years, right? But uh, what AFI has done has slowly but surely, over the course of these seven albums, built up this huge following. And 2003, they had a tremendous mainstream breakthrough with uh, Sing the Sorrow. And suddenly, you know, they are the band that the 11-year-olds in the shopping mall parking lot have embraced. The uh, legions of their fans have dubbed themselves the despair yeah. faction. That tells you everything you need to know right there, right? That and the whole winter thing, uh, how they hate the sun. The biggest band in the country is AFI, a.k.a. A Fire Inside. A fi- Ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, will you join the despair faction and embrace this group or not? Let's listen to a little of them and you can make up your mind. Here's the big single. You're going to be hearing it uh, if you've got a troubled teen in your household or you are a troubled teen. You'll be hearing this seeping out from under the doorway all summer long. It's called Miss Murder by AFI from December Underground.
Jim, what I'm hearing is, you know, you mentioned the pseudo-goth thing. I'm hearing really big, big production values that don't remind me of any goth bands at all. I'm thinking no. of Mutt Lang producing Def Leppard in the 80s. It's kind of <laughs> like these big, yeah. exultant, boom, bap, hey, choruses. You know, well, they could be singing about, no, uh, you know, I love my mom. I don't understand. There's a phenomenon among the despair faction, these legions of fans, where people are actually having lyrics from this band tattooed on their back. Yeah. You know, it's like wow. Well, see, you know, if this, if you think this is poetry, man, you, they, they love vampires. They love, you know, they they fantasize about making it with the undead. You know, there's blood see, dripping a, in every song. But it, that's you know, an insult. I, I like all those things. You that's know, an insult to the, me. I mean, the, I think, that's the coolest kid in the school playground, right? The guy who's sort of dark and vampiric, and you know, it, it goes all the, the way back to like that. Up. What are you talking about? You know, all the kids, used, you know, in the '60s, all the kids would run home and watch uh, Dark Shadows. You know, well, there, yeah, there's yeah, this fascination with these kind of alien creatures. You think about the soundtracks to a m- movie like The Crow or Van Helsing. No, but what these we guys, have here... These guys sort of fit in with that sort of Hollywood no, 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 version no, no. Of, of a vampire. No, we have, we have a, a, a sociological paradigm shift here. <laughs> because the Dark Shadows Uh-oh. kid... Now we're getting you know, deep. No, it's true. The Dark Shadows kid or even the Crow kid was always, you know, the slightly effeminate boy yeah. or the girl who was a little overweight, a misfit. They didn't fit in. And so they went goth. I mean, this has taken elements of that goth culture and brought it to the bully. This is the, you know, the soccer player star who beats up oh. all those other kids. Have you ever and seen they, the they, pictures they, of these guys? They're not those guys. No, they but, couldn't beat up anybody. Listen to the music. That's who it's appealing it to. It is. That's what I said. That's why I go back to that whole Def Leppard idea. It's like they're bringing these kind of uh, cool underground vampires, dark shadows kind of vibe and combining it with these very anthemic kind of uh, mid-80s arena rock kind it's of hooks. Bogus, man. It's man. You know, we got to do a real goth show. Yeah. We have never done the goth exploration. And I would kind of just because, you you know, you got some guests in here that got black nail polish and lipstick. I mean, we, we want to do goth right. Dismiss this. This re- is not goth. We are dismissing this record, and uh, you know, as our, as a piece of art, uh, the lyrics are laughable. It is art, but uh, it is a going to be a radio smash. There are three or four, five songs in this record that are going to be big hits uh, in in coming months. I, much I to, guarantee. Uh, you. Much to our chagrin and 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 the dismay of people with taste yes. anywhere on the patented sound opinions. Uh, buy it, burn it, or trash it rating scale. I mean, this is this is so far below trash it. It's not even. This is like compost. It. It's kind of funny. I mean, it's probably worth a couple of laughs. <laughs> you know, I, I think if you combine it with the visuals and look at these guys and, and look what they're saying and, and you go, the thing is, I don't think they realize what a cartoon they are. They would be a great cartoon. And if they could laugh at themselves, this might be a kind of semi-interesting band. But I think uh, they're taking this kind of seriously. Beetlejuice is a great cartoon. <laughs> you know, so this I mean, is... I wish they could, they could be Beetlejuice. They could, this could be a lot of fun, but they're not. They're taking themselves so seriously that they're draining all the fun out of it. So therefore, trash it, baby. Uh, those are some songs that should put you in the mood for uh, what we're going to do next, which is uh, summer songs. Get you in the mood for summer. Basically, uh, Jim and I are going to look at some songs and play some songs that uh, put us in the mood for uh, this season. We're going to try to stay away from some of the more obvious ones like those. Those are all classics, no classics, doubt about yeah. it. But let's not get that obvious. We want to go a little deeper, a layer deeper here if possible. Do they have waterproof iPods? I mean, can you bring an iPod <laughs> to the beach? I don't know, but I think that would be the next uh, logical step. I mean, yeah. think about how music connects with that season and how you associate memories with a particular song or a particular album. That's kind of what we're doing here today. And therefore, swimming, the beach, surfing, it's going to be a big part of this discussion. Well, uh, I got to go first last week when we did Buried Treasure, so it is your turn to go first, Mr. Cott, with uh, great summer songs. What have you got for us? Well, I can't imagine a summer without hearing this song. I, I remember first hearing this song... Redone by numerous bands during the punk New Wave era, late 70s, early 80s, and thinking, man, that's a great song. Who wrote that song? Where can I get the original of it? It's not that easy to find, actually. Uh, The original version of California Sun 
was not done by the Ramones, which is where I first heard it. That's an immortal version, though. An incredible version of that song. There were also a, a ton of bands in uh, Milwaukee, where I went to college, uh, Marquette <laughs> University. <laughs> well, where summer vacation. We would capital. do our, uh, we would do our, uh, you know, student union pub crawl in, on Friday afternoons, and you'd hear this song at least once. It was one of those weekend starting songs, and even in the dead of winter. You felt like you were on some beach ready to party. Done originally by the, a group called the Rivieras in uh, 1963, one of uh, countless garage rock bands of the 60s who, who basically came and went with one wonderful song. A band out of South Bend, Indiana, of all places, as far from the California wow. sun as you could probably get, imagining this world, conjuring this world in the mode of a, a, a classic garage rock quintet. Here it is, the Riviera's California Sun, a summer classic on uh, Sound of Pendies. Well, I'm going out of west where I belong. Well, the days are short and the nights are long. Where they walk and I walk, they twist and I twist, they shimmy. California girls are really the most Where they walk And I walk They twist And I twist They shimmy And I shimmy They fight And I fight Well, they're out there having fun In that one California sun The Riviera's 1963 California Sun, still one of the great uh, summer songs ever. Uh, Jim, we're collecting songs to put us in the mood for summer. What do you got? I've got something great, Greg, I think that can almost match uh, your, your song. I have some thoughts about summer to share in a little bit, but uh, I won't invade the, uh, the fun quite yet <laughs> with that. You've got to have a Beach Boy song, right? You can't do a show about great summer music or music that says summer without having a yeah, Beach Boy the, song. Yeah. You, you know, it, and there's what? You know, only, only 70 or 80? Just that would not be... a cliched Beach Boy song. That's no, all. not a cliche. Well, this, you could argue that this might be a cliche, but I guarantee that though we've all heard it uh, many, many times, we haven't really examined it. All Summer Long by the Beach Boys is a great song. It's one that you hear all the time on classic rock radio and elevators everywhere, right? You know, but I never really stopped to think about the lyrics until I was I was prepping for this uh, for this show. I mean, part of the thing is that it's it's got those classic harmonies and it says summer like all the Beach Boys music does. And, uh, you know, it's also about the end of summer. So there is that kind of sense of, of, of expectation and the party ending. But if you look at the lyrics, what a trip they are. You know, we often don't give the Beach Boys credit uh, for being as subversive as they sometimes were. Mm -hmm. Brian Wilson in particular. Here was a guy who did not surf. Did not particularly like to drive. Didn't really like to leave his house. Didn't like his brothers or the band or stardom. You know, wanted to be at home in the studio. And here, it's this is actually kind of a lewd and lascivious tune. Sitting in my car outside your house. Remember when the you spilled coke all over your blouse. I was like, I never knew those were the words. Have you ever? <laughs> no. I, I guarantee you don't know what the words of this. This is almost like a, a, a freaking hip hop song. T-shirts, <laughs> cutoffs, and a pair of thongs. We've been having fun all summer long. I never knew that in you know in the mid sixties the Beach Boys were singing the thong song. Right? Did you <laughs> miniature golf and Hondas in the hills? When we rode the horse, we got some thrills. I don't think he was, was talking like, about the underwear though. When we <laughs> rode the horse, we you know Brian, man, what were you talking about? So I'm guaranteed. So I I may have just you know uh, bummed out many people by by giving them the Beach Boys in a whole new light. But I never thought about this. And and. It's a classic song. So, All Summer Long by the Beach Boys.
Beach Boys all summer long. Greg, which I think just goes to prove that if you sing in those uh, harmony falsettos, you can, you get, can get away with it. You look at it, and what this really is, is we've been having sex all summer on the beach, <laughs> and now I'm done with you because summer's over, and I'm not. It's really like one of the meanest kiss off songs in history. Oh, my God. Thanks for that sleazy inter- interpretation. <laughs> Uh, we're going to have more revelations like that. Uh, songs for grilling, songs for the beach, songs for uh, all the summer fun activities on Sound Opinions, plus a review of the new album from Sonic Youth later in the show. So stay tuned. Every now and then we hear us Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio. That's Granddaddy. Summer's here, kids. Yes, it is. That's and a good that, one. Uh, yeah, that's a summer classic for sure. Jason Saldana, modern day. associate producer's uh, suggestion there. So we're uh, playing a bunch of songs to get us in the mood, creating our ultimate mix CD, something that we'd create for a friend that would put them in the mood of summer. We're going to get some calls here in a, in a few uh, minutes from our listeners. But I'm going to throw one more at you before we do that. When I think of summer, Jim, I'm also thinking about not just the season and the sun and the beach and the sand. I'm thinking about the atmosphere. There's something sensual about a really hot summer evening. You know, the sun has gone down, and yet the air is still sort of thick, and it's still sort of hanging there. There's a lot of songs that remind me of that particular feeling, that that sort of physicality of the season. You know, I'm thinking of something like the Flamingos, I Only Have Eyes For You. It just sounds mossy and humid to me. Mm -hmm. And this next song that I'm going to play also puts me in that sort of mood. It's from Patti Smith, her fourth album called Wave, which was done around uh, circa 1980. Little did we know that she was basically going to drop out of music for a number of years. And the reason she did was that she was falling in love. She was falling in love with the former guitar player with the MC5, Fred Sonic Smith. And basically, this album was her love song to him. And this song in particular expresses that feeling of losing control, of realizing that you're under the spell of somebody you're deeply, deeply in love with. I know where you're going. A song called Dancing Barefoot. To my mind, it's a song that expresses not only that love, but also in creating that atmosphere of a sensual, humid summer night. And uh, here it is, Patti Smith, Dancing Barefoot on Sound Opinions.
Dancing Barefoot from Patti Smith, setting the mood for summer as far that's as I'm a, concerned. That's a great one. That's a great one. I just love the you know the sublimation line and also coming on like some heroin. Heroin. Yeah. You know, the double play there. Exactly. Nothing says summer like a little shot of heroin, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Now I'm going to take a left turn here, Greg, because I have a confession to make. While I love summer music, as I love all music, I hate summer. <laughs> Despise it. You know, as far as I'm concerned, philosophically speaking, there are two things in life that are worth doing that involve sweating. And one of them is playing the drums. <laughs> I won't go to the other one, all right? I, I don't I don't like being hot. I really don't like being humid. I just don't like it, man. It's oppressive. You know, it, it ain't doing it for me, okay? Uh, I'm going to play great songs, but I'm going to kind of illustrate different things I dislike about the summer, the rest of my picks. This is one. Don't bum us out too much. Uh, no, but they're all great songs. <laughs> I hate the beach. I really hate the beach. I, you know, I have this theory. There's two kinds of people in life. There's chocolate people and vanilla people, right? There's Rolling Stones people and there's Beatles people, right? Oh there God. are pool people and there are beach people. I hate the beach, man. You know, you got to, like, walk back 16 miles through the, through the sand come to the on, car. Now, sand sand you know, between your toes is not the, like, the coolest feeling You drop the ice cream in the into the sand. No, come it's on. not. It's horrible. It's horrible, man. I don't I – don't, I, concrete. No, give me concrete. This is a song, I think, which is about the pain that sand can cause you. It's called Sand in My Joints by Wire. And uh, uh, I just hate sand. I just dislike it. Because, you know, you're still picking it out of your underwear in, in, in February. And that's wrong. It gets everywhere. It's just miserable. Sand in my joints by wire is everything to me about the pain of the beach you know because you can hear the pain in colin newman's voice as he screams about having sand in my joints this is from the wire's second album i will note that the three classic wire albums chairs missing pink flag and 154 have just been reissued in really nice new so yeah. there's the news hook as well as a uh, classic song on sound opinions Sand in my joints. I'm counting the grains. I'm feeling the pain. Ow! <laughs> yeah. I don't like skiing either, though. But <laughs> All right. We've been giving you our thoughts about summer songs, but we love hearing from our listeners. We always get great feedback from them. Let's go to the phones and see what your suggestions were. Welcome to Sound Opinions, Jessica from Chicago. How are you? I'm doing very well. Very good. Have you got a summer song for us? Yes. My favorite summer song is I Will Dare by The Replacements. Mm. Oh. I Will Dare by The Replacements. Now, Jessica, what is it about? Now, that that's an unconventional choice. What is it about that song that says summer to you? Well, I grew up in Minneapolis, and so I feel like Let It Be is more or less like my teenagerhood on record. <laughs> yeah, summer, summer in Minneapolis lasts about 15 minutes. The mosquitoes <laughs> come out, and then it's over. <laughs> um, but I have a real sense of ownership about, about The Replacements, and in particular, that song always... Uh, Maybe it was because the first time I heard that record was somewhere, you know, between ninth and 10th grade. And it just sort of reminds me of uh, riding my bike around Uptown and pining for boys on skateboards. <laughs> and and summer in Uptown is just beautiful, Greg. I mean, that's that's where, which lake is it? I always get the lakes confused. Well, that's Lake Calhoun. But that's I grew Lake up Calhoun. Lake, I grew up by Lake of the Isles. And just riding riding your bike around the lake in the in the summer in Minneapolis is just that that is great. Do you have to have your parka on when you no, ride no, your bike around the lake? No, no, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, it lasts like I said, lasts fifteen yeah. minutes, but it is beautiful. Let's hear a little "I Will Dare," complete with the twelve uh, string of uh, Peter Buck from REM. Usher right in, right, right, right. Remember that? I do indeed. Let's hear a little. Of this.
I will dare by the replacements from uh, the great Let It Be album. That is a summer song. I think it totally is. And uh, can make we're that talking case. about the summer of uh, 84, I believe, right? Which that was, was a great summer. A great summer for music. You had replacements, Let It Be. You had uh, Double Nickels on the Dime from uh, the Minutemen. And you had uh, Zen Arcade by Husker Du. I mean, Woo. wow. What more did you need? You're waxing your nostalgic summer. almost. Yeah. Uh, let's take another call. We're on with Matthew from Alabama. Matthew, welcome to Sound Opinions. How you doing? We're doing great. We're we're in a summer mood, uh, Matthew. What what have you got for us? Um, you familiar with the band Weezer? Oh yes, we've heard of them. Well, uh, their song "El Scorcho" is my favorite song of like any season. Ah, now what is is that Pinkerton, Matthew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The great lost masterpiece. Yeah, least heralded but uh, brilliant album from Weezer. Now, Matthew, in Alabama, it's basically summer ten months of the year, right? Yeah, basically, we get like two weeks of frost, and <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> what What is it about the Weezer song, El Scorcho, that says summer to you? Well, like, summer is about the only time I can really summon up the energy to look for love. And, uh, you know, El Scorcho is kind of the soundtrack to my first, like, memories of, you know, nervous love. And now that I'm older, it kind of just makes me think about uh, sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that and that first nervous love is what Weezer has always done best. Yeah, and he's, he's still kind of stuck there. but uh, yeah, I'm not even sure he's gotten there yet. <laughs> Rivers Cuomo. But you, on the other hand, Matthew, have moved on. Is that what you're saying? Well, somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> Rivers Cuomo, the most famous celibate in rock after Morrissey, or claimed to be. Anyway, let's hear a little El Scorcho on Sound of Pity. Public enemy, why you wanna go and do me like that? Come down on the street and dance with me. Bitter, bitter man, Rivers Como. <laughs> he was troubled at that point. <laughs> it was right before he dropped out of music for a while. That's a good choice, Matthew. That uh, that does kind of capture the summer schizophrenia. Are you still there, Matthew? I'm still there, but I'm still kind of in, in the song a little bit. He wants, yeah. to, hear, he wants to hear the whole song. Uh, More! Do we have a translation in El Scorcho? What does that mean, uh, literally? You don't analyze you don't analyze lyrics, Greg. <laughs> well, right. thank you, Matthew. Good suggestion. Yeah, y'all call back. All right. Thanks. I'll see you. All right, let's go to our next caller, Lisa from uh, Maryland. Is that right, Lisa? Yeah, it is. And uh, you have a summer song for us. Um, I'd like to recommend the Pastels, Windy Hill. Actually, it's uh, the Cornelius remix, which is really Ooh. good. You're getting uh, very uh, inside good. here. Years, cool. years of sound opinions, and we've never played a pastel song, so I like that. And Cornelius is a uh, Japanese DJ, correct? Yeah, yeah, he was um, kind of thrown into the shibuya-ki, I guess, genre, kind of mixing in jazz fusion, and it had a little bit of French pop influence from the 60s there. Mm -hmm. So So an unlikely collaboration. Mm -hmm. You like the remix? Why? I mean, it improves upon the the original version of the song in some way? Yeah, the original song was a little boring, but the remix (laughs) is so nice because it feels like there are little bugs just playing around in the background. Hence the summer mood, right? Yeah. yeah, Bugs and summer are synonymous. (laughs) Let's hear a little of this, Lisa. Hang out with us for a second. Let's hear a little of pastels. Totally buying the summer vibe on that thing. Uh, Nothing says uh, summer like that that rhythm section of the crickets chirping. Yes, Windy Hill from uh, Pastel's The Cornelius Remix. That's a terrific choice, Lisa. Thanks. All right, thank you. All right, let's go to Ben on Sound Opinions. Ben, where are you calling from? Gentlemen, how are you? Uh, I'm calling from Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show. Ben, have you got a summer song recommendation? Yes, I do indeed. It is Dr. Bombay by Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Haven't we played we played this song once on the show a long time ago, right? Did right? you? If we didn't, we should have. What is it about this song that puts you in, in a summer mood? Well, hip-hop today, I think, is mostly made for listening in, in a club. Mm-hmm. 
I think that the California hip-hop of that period was not meant for that setting. It was more for driving around outside in your car, and I think it sounds better on the concrete on a sunny day in mm. the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to have the big refrigerator-sized woofers in the back oh, of the yeah. car, so, though. That's... So, ben, drive, ben, you drive one of those tricked-out cars with the low wheels and the, the low-rider kind of frame. And I don't the... think there's many of them yeah. in D.C. Yeah. <laughs> no, I drive a Toyota Camry. <laughs> <laughs> but he's banging Del the Funky Homo Sapien. But it makes you Camry. feel like you have yeah. a Let's hear a little Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Like a dunk, and I'm a pin the tail on the funk. Has anybody seen Dell? Head swell, cause I get paid well, kick it much tail. Drink me a 40 as I ride my rhinoceros. You don't like it? Well, you got to kiss where the sun don't shine. Something like my behind. I lose a fan, but I'ma be fine. Dr. Feel good, didn't think I still could make funk real good. Take it, then I looped it. Make you say, the motor booty make you shake, yo. You know, when I, when I listen to the bass line of that song, I just hear the rubber hitting the hot pavement, and it's just sort of yeah. squishing around. You I know? pin the tail on the funk. Man. What a great <laughs> I, song. Yeah, I think it's Rump of Steel Skin by Parliament is the sample. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It was definitely a Parliament bass line. There's no it's doubt really an odd it. mix there because it's, it's Parliament, and then I think Dr. Bombay was a character on the TV show Bewitched. Yes. He would say like a little phrase, and, and it was um, Bernard Fox, and he would like appear out of nowhere with a bunch of very attractive nurses, and then he would kind of chase them around sometimes. Paging yeah. Dr. Bombay. Paging Dr. Bombay. And that's not all. This song, I think, maybe the only one in history that can say this, and this is why I wanted to mention it, mm-hmm. is the song credits, if you look at the single, go to George Clinton, of course, for the sample, Ice Cube, who's Dell's cousin and helped mm-hmm. with the song, and then, believe it or not, blues legend Robert Johnson, for a reason I can't discern. Maybe he's in there somewhere, but I've never heard it. Maybe it's like a lyric quote or something like that, yeah. or wow. an interpolation of a blues lyric, but that's pretty cool. We gotta dig that. Is that is a songwriting credit. Robert Johnson, Ice Cube, and George Clinton yeah. co-writing a song. Led Zeppelin made an entire career of uh, <laughs> ripping off yeah. Robert Johnson without crediting him And they never credited him, yeah. But and, Del and the Funky Homo Sapien did. Del was a man with ethics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He stole, you know, <laughs> half of a bar or something from uh, Robert Johnson. Now we gotta dive in and look at the whole thing no and figure kidding. out where the Johnson is. Very cool, Ben. Thanks for that selection. We really appreciate it. That's a pleasure, guys. Good stuff from our listeners here at Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio. We are talking summer songs, uh, getting us in the mood for uh, the hottest of all seasons. I am going to take us to the dance floor because summer, dancing, those are things I think always go together. And I think summer is the time for not just dancing, but just absolute out-of-your-mind silliness, craziness. I will not make the case for the political correctness of the following songs that I'm going to be citing, <laughs> but I will say that on a great sound system, they sound fantastic. I'm thinking about stuff like uh, Humpty Dance by Digital Underground, yeah. Naughty by Nature, OPP, Nelly's Hot in Here. Those songs may not sound so hot on a little tinny stereo system playing in, in, in your car as you're driving through sub-zero weather, but there's something about those songs on a dance floor over a booming sound system when... The bodies are out there moving, and there's a little bit of sweat in the air, a little bit of humidity in the air. You know, that says summer to me. Rex and Effect, to my mind, made the ultimate summer dance song with a song called Rump Shaker. And again, (laughs) I'm not going to attest to the political correctness of this. I'm just going to say that people of all sizes and shapes and genders uh, enjoy this song. Mercury's (laughs) rising here, man. I'm I'm afraid to be in this room with you, actually, right now. Well, you know, I'm not going to start dancing right now, but later on, I, I may have to. This was at the height of Teddy Riley's success. He was one of the architects of the New Jack Swing movement in R&B in the late 80s, early 90s. His brother, Marquette Riley, was one of the members of this group, Rex and Effect. And for the most part, this is their biggest and best-known song. And to this day, it still fills the dance floor. I think right alongside one of your faves, Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. That's uh, a much better rump shaker Rump shaker song. Is, yes, a, uh, is a heck of a song. But and, I respect this one. And here it is on Sound Opinion. Baby, check, baby, one, two, check, 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 ba
he's shaking bumps and the taxes. Booties of the cutie said he's shaking bubble relaxes. The action is packed in a jam like a closet beach. Bound to get you up, cold flowing like a faucet. Not me to make you sit, not me to make you jump, but yet make the hotties in the party shake it. I like the way you comb your hair. Uh, I like the stylish clothes you wear. Uh, it's just the little things you do uh, that makes me wanna get with you. Side note on that song, Rump Shaker, as you are uh, wiping the sweat off your body at this moment, think about the fact that a young Pharrell Williams had a co-writing songwriting credit on that. He was a young protege of Hetty Riley at the time in the early 90s. And, uh, wow, I- red hot with the Neptunes these days. It must have been 10 years old at the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, in keeping with my uh, downside of summer, I was going to play It's Summertime by the Flaming Lips, but, you know, I already played Wire, so how many cliches can I fall prey to? (laughs) Instead, I'm going to do something which would also surprise you. I uh, I don't think we'd ever predict the day when I would play Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. No, I can say with uh, heartfelt sincerity that I never expected no. you to play a Voodoo Daddy song. No, but this is this is a great song, and I think they do a great version. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy is a contemporary swing band from uh, Southern California. Mm-hmm. It can often cross the line from shtick to pure and utter irredeemable cheese. You know, it's party dance music, and then you're like, oh, man, take off the silly suit and mm-hmm. stop shucking and jiving, right? But this is a great cover. The original was uh, a tune from the Rankin-Bass cartoon, The Year Without a Santa Claus. That's the one where Santa Claus decides he wants a vacation and he doesn't come. As you know, <laughs> I prefer the wintertime. But this is, I think, a great song about heat and about summer. And I'm, of course, going to play part of the bookend. The one brother is Snow Miser and the other one is Heat Miser. And Big Bad Voodoo Daddy did just a jumping cover in a swing version of I'm Mr. Heat Miser, you know. And I mean, just, you're, you're mocking me. You, you, I'm people, not, I'm not. I'm, people I'm cannot see your... that sneer. People <laughs> yeah. cannot see the sneer on the radio. But, uh, you know, you come to me when you get sunburned, okay? <laughs> bring it on, I say. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah, bring it on. And I'm going to play this song and I'm going to laugh at you. <laughs> so here's uh, Mr. Heat Miser by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy on Sound Opinion. Mr. Green Christmas, I'm Mr. Sun. I'm Mr. Heat Blister, I'm Mr. 101. They call me Heat Miser, whatever I touch starts to melt in my clutch. I'm too much. Thank you. He's too much. That's Mr. Heat Miser by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. We'll be back with one more song from each of us to wrap up this summer theme that we've got going tonight on Sound Opinions. And then later on, we're going to be reviewing the new Sonic Youth record, Rather Ripped.
Welcome back. We've got one more song about summer from myself and Greg, and then we're going to dive into the Sonic Youth. But, Greg, what do you got first? Let's close off with this one. And, and it may seem like one of the more obvious summer songs to cite. Obviously, it's in, it's in the title. You cannot get any more obvious than Hot Fun in the Summertime. Sly and the Family Stone, a classic, one of their greatest hits, obviously, at one of those songs you hear every summer. I always loved this song because I just thought the mood that it set even if you didn't hear a word that they were saying, put you in a frame, a particular frame of mind. I think Sly, being the subversive man that he was, was talking about, not about summer, but he was talking about getting baked in a, in a totally different way here. <laughs> Listen to that voice. That smoker's baritone of Sly Stone basically says, I am high all the time. Don't you wish you were too? Uh, <laughs> this song is essentially saying that over and over again. To my mind, the song was a subversive little ode snuck in there like oh here's a here's a, a summer ditty look he's talking about the county fair and go- getting out of school no he's not he's having fun on his own sly stone plane in uh, hot fun in the summertime on sound opinions And the family stone getting good and baked. That's um, a good one, Greg. And Jim, you gotta wind us up with the ultimate. What, I, what do you got? I, for well, us? this is the ultimate from my point of view. Remember what I think about summer. There's no other song to go out on. I think this is a band that I think we've sort of forgotten, aside from occasionally hearing in a movie soundtrack from the era. But Banana Rama was actually a band <laughs> that had a fair amount of credibility. No, 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 no. no I, you know, I, mean, I, they I had, know where you're going with this, and, had, I, and I think I'm going to like it. Yeah, they, they were, you know, <laughs> three women in London who had been friends since the age of 13, who, in the uh, wake of punk, said. We can do that. We can do – you know, we've since seen so many prefab manufactured yeah. girl groups in the Spice Girls mode. But there was a time, especially in the punk mode, when, you know, the fact that you couldn't really sing and you couldn't play any instruments, it didn't matter. You know, they, they had a look. They had the attitude. They had the energy. And they had the friends because they had initially lived in an apartment over a Sex Pistol, Steve Jones and Paul Cook. Mm-hmm. And later on, they linked up with Terry Hall of the specials. And they got a lot of help from very talented friends and made some absolutely killer singles. And the best song, I think, ever that sums up the Jim DeRogatis view of summer <laughs> is Cruel Summer. You know, yeah. a huge hit in 1983. Hot summer streets and the pavements are burning. I sit around trying to smile, but the air is so heavy and dry. Ah, <laughs> you like that. Okay, it's all yours, man. I'm never dissing summer, man. Uh, never. Uh, give me the air conditioning any day. I'm I'm Mr. Cold Miser, okay? But this is Bananarama, and this is a great song. I make no apologies Cruel, Cruel Summer by Bananarama on Sound Opinion.
cruel, cruel summer, Bananarama says, and I second that emotion. <laughs> That's it for summer songs for this year. We'll probably do it again next year, you know. Uh, but now we've got a look at a new album by Sonic Youth, the 17,000th or 15th, depending on how you uh, count, of their career. That's a song called Incinerate from the new Sonic Youth record, Rather Ripped, the 15th full-length studio album from the New York City Quartet in 25 years. And yes, back down to a quartet after uh, a six-year fling with a five-member lineup that included Jim O'Rourke, the noted producer, guitarist, multi-instrumentalist, arranger guy. And teller of bad jokes. (laughs) Six years, three albums with O'Rourke. Now back down to the core quartet of Thurston Moore, Kim Gordon, and Lee Ronaldo, who founded the band in the early 80s in New York City, and the baby of the group, Steve Shelley, who joined in 1985 on drums. The leaner lineup also has made for some leaner songs on this record, rather ripped. It's a very straight-ahead record in a career that has been more noted for Bringing the Noise, noisy art punk band formed at the height of the No Wave era in New York City when it was almost a given that if you were a guitar band from New York City, you were either a uh, skinny tie New Wave band or some kind of anarchist art punk ensemble, much like Sonic Youth, uh, graduates of the Glenn Branca and Reese Chatham schools of guitar noise, uh, using guitars as orchestral instruments, building up huge walls of sound with the guitars, and have sort of maintained a career uh, at the underground level, despite some uh, pretty good notoriety, uh, particularly in the late 80s and early 90s, when they were sort of embraced by the younger alternative rock generation. Famously, Nirvana signed yes, again because that was the label that had signed Sonic Youth. Exactly. Although so, they sold one one millionth the amount of records. No, uh, never big sellers, but uh, revered by not only their peers, but by future generations of rockers who have picked up guitars as sort of a model of how to conduct a career in the punk underground. Still around and still, still very much vital. The new album is called Rather Ripped. Here's an example of of what's going on on the new record. It's a song called Rena, and it features Kim Gordon, nominally the bassist in the group, but really kind of a figurehead in the punk underground, not only for her songwriting and bass playing, but also the fact that she was one of the pioneering females in this world when she came to the fore in the early 80s. Here's Gordon taking the lead on the song called Rena from the new Sonic Youth record on Sound Opinions. By Sonic Youth, the uh, second track that kicks off Rather Ripped, their 15th studio album. Greg, generally speaking, I don't pay much attention to critical consensus. You and I each week have our our, uh, critical discussion. We go back and forth, but I really don't care what any other critics think. Uh, I generally listen to an album and and formulate my own opinion, and I did that with this Sonic Youth record. And then I uh, made the mistake of checking what the critical consensus seemed to be and read about a dozen reviews. Critics are, once again, falling all over themselves to praise Sonic Youth to the high heavens. I think that the official line seems to be that after three varyingly tuneful records with O'Rourke. They were they were getting back to the songs, away from the experimentation a little bit. They've made their most tuneful record in more than a decade. People are saying there's tons of melodies on this record. They're loving this record. I get more guff from Sonic Youth fans than almost any other band except for Rush. And in both <laughs> cases, I like Rush and I like Sonic Youth. 
I like Sonic Youth, but I feel that they haven't lived up to their potential in a very long time. If we go back to 1990's Goo, 88's Daydream Nation, 86's two albums, Sister and Evil, and 85's Bad Moon Rising, those were consistent records. They were good from beginning to end. And I don't feel that Sonic Youth has made a consistent record since 1990. There are some great moments on this one. You have the, those two songs that we, we've sampled. Rena and Incinerate are kind of uh, jaunty, galloping tunes with interesting guitar. And Thurston and uh, Kim Gordon, his wife, are singing actual sort of hooks. You have the kind of uh, sort of sexy... Kim lusting after Turquoise Boys, the name of the song, and there's a Daydream Nation kind of retro tune that, that's called uh, Jams Run Free. The rest of the album is pretty dismissible. You have Lee Ronaldo, who gets the gratuitous one or two songs per album, and they're never any good, singing this kind of horror movie tune about rats, and you have Thurston doing some very easy Christian baiting with Do You Believe in Rapture, and then you have this absolutely dreadful non-song that ends the album called Or. I don't ever want to hear any of those again. I have no idea what the critical raves are about and this is a mediocre record by a once great band that is still clearly capable of greatness if it would only focus well you know i have to say that you're being much too harsh on on this record (laughs) that's Uh, what these people who always come up to me and are angry about my thoughts on sonic youth are it's not a great record but it is a very good one i think and i think sonic youth lately uh, has been very good pretty consistently i i really put these guys up there with uh, one of the few bands who has been able to sustain not only a credible career, but has been able to make very good late-career albums. I can't think of many groups that have made more good late-career albums than Sonic Youth has. That doesn't mean they're going to be big-selling records, but I really, really like the songwriting on this record. I especially like the contributions that Kim Gordon's made. I think this is the most consistent batch of songs that she's brought to any Sonic Youth record in quite a long time. And and she is singing very well, but the predominance of just these kind of lazy, laid-back grooves, they don't bother you? Uh, They're not lazy. I mean, they're very lackluster. The, the strumming is there, and, and there, there's sort of a dreaminess there, but there's also a momentum there that I think you're missing. And I love the way that dreaminess sort of catches fire, like in the coda to Jams Run Free and then the bridge of Turquoise Boy, and the way the, the entire song, the neutral, just continues to build and build and build. Uh, they're clearly trying to, to move into some new territory here in the way that their guitars are sort of working together, the voices, the voicings of those guitars and the tunings of those guitars. I really just think that the fact that they don't repeat themselves and that they are pushing some new melodic terrain is very encouraging to me. I think you made a good point about the last song on the record, that sort of spoken word piece. What a dreadful way to end what I think is otherwise a very fine record. On the Sound Opinions rating scale, buy it, burn it, trash it. This is definitely a buy it record for me. Well, like I said, I love those four songs that I name-checked, and I think otherwise it's pretty dismissible. Burn those four songs, by all means, and uh, I think that if I was able to go through your Sonic Youth collection and plunder the, the last six albums, I could make a killer compilation disc, but those six albums should have been one album. This isn't a great album. This, this is a burn it. Little Summertime Rolls from Jane's Addiction. Yes, we were playing summer songs tonight. That was a lot of fun. And it was great to hear from the listeners as well. Soundopinions.org if you want to uh, jump into a discussion about great summer songs. There's a long thread at the uh, message board there. And next week, please join us because we've got a real fun show. We're going to have two of the members of Radiohead joining us. Tom York and Johnny Greenwood are going to be here to talk about the new Radiohead album that is going to be coming out in 2007 the new Tom York solo record that is about to be released, and the Radiohead tour, where they are debuting songs from that forthcoming album. So, uh, yeah, one of the hottest Really tours. looking forward to, to talking hot, to those hottest guys. Hottest tour of the summer. We've got some thank yous to say on the way out. Executive producer is Tori Southside Malatia, and we love him. Our managing producer and director is Todd Bachman. Our producer's Matt Spiegel. Associate producers are Jason Saldana and Robin Lynn. We get some legal help from Dino Armiros, technical assistance from Joe Dassault. I'm going to join Robin and Jason over there because uh, they've got Rump Shaker going. <laughs> <laughs> you were entirely too hot tonight. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with you.